Hey, everybody. Hello. Hello. Nice shirt. You too. Thanks. Okay. Greetings, online community. Welcome to the Echo online service. Did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose? All in one space. It's beautiful. Sure is. Do us a favor. Let us know that you are watching. Comment below, message us, or send us a prayer request. We encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and support that you've been hoping for. Stop by at Mayo High School for one of our services at 9.15 and 10.45 on Sundays. We'd love to meet you. Yes, indeed. Have you signed up for our weekly emails? Well, you should. Whip out that phone, uh, whip that phone out of yours and <laughs> you... You know what I'm saying. Take the phone out. Use the QR code on screen, on this very screen. If you're watching it on your phone, you're out of luck. So find the QR code on your computer. I, I don't know what to do. Our emails are a friendly reminder to all things Echo, like Minnesota Youth Convention, Child Dedication, the Holy Smokes Cook-Off, and Parking Lot Party. That's right. Thank you for your continued willingness to invest your finances into Echo Church. For the last three years, we've been operating under budget to save for the day that we can make a move on a permanent home here in Rochester. But beyond being responsible, we'd like to remind you that the opportunity is still there to help us get there faster. <laughs> Will you consider giving today? <laughs> the easiest way to give is to head to our website or text any amount to 84321 to further the vision of echoing Jesus in Rochester and globally. Great job, Maddie. Thank you. Enjoy, Enjoy Echo, Echo Sunday, Sunday service. service.
month ago, I think. And Andy talked about being pra praised through it all, right? That's what we're doing this morning. We're praising through it all. We're lifting up his name. Jesus, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you. Bring it all to peace. The storm surrounding me. Let it break at your name. Still, call the to still. The rage in me to still.
shake up the ground, God. We give you permission to make room, God. We are making room for you to provide, God. We are making room for you to be our Father. We are making room for you to be our friend. We are making room to heal, to rest, to surrender, God. We are making room for you to hold us. We are making room for you to speak life into us, to breathe life back into our lungs, to give us compassion, to give us hope, to give us joy. God, you are the God who provides. You are the God who makes room. You are the God who calls us by name, God. And we just thank you, God. Thank you for shaking our lives today, God, shaking our hearts, shaking the ground that we are on, God. And I just pray right now that you will stir us, that you will evoke us, that you will awaken us from our sleep, God. You are a God of victor. You are a God of healing, Jesus. And we just claim this in your heavenly name, God. We give you all things, not some, God. Make room today, God. And we just thank you for being the God that never gives up. We thank you for being the God that shouts and is praising alongside us today, God. And I I just pray that we can walk out different because we are different because of you, God. And I just pray for fresh starts. I pray for new beginnings. I pray for healing words, God. And I just lift up every single person in this room as we give you our lives. We give you our burdens, God, and we lay it down. And this is our surrender, Jesus. In your name, amen. Amen. Good morning, Echo Church. processing through uh, the last three years, and I woke up uh, this morning just uh, super appreciative, just recognizing that there are some of you in the room that you, you've been with us uh, and been at Echo from day one or pre-day one, and, and man, how, uh, how sincerely I, I just love you and appreciate you. Yet, there have been people that have jumped on board at Willow Creek and then at the castle, and now at Mayo High School. And man, we just, no matter when you jumped on uh, to the party, we're just glad you're here. And uh, we, we would be nothing without you. And so we just love just, when we stop and pause and to celebrate a day like today, we're really just celebrating you and celebrating our relationship and our friendship and our, our um, just our, the, the gift that you are and what you bring to us. And so, and I was thinking about the, the birthday party. I was thinking about when we had our firstborn, Zion, year one birthday party was like a really big deal. You know what I'm saying? Cake we in the face. We invited all of Rochester. You, you know, <laughs> year two was like, yeah, you got to do some big things. And year three, you're just like, yeah, you know what? It's time to have another kid, baby. Let's go ahead. So, but... Uh, she was here already. She was ready here. So, any three esta, the theme today is shake it up. Shake it up. Are you ready to shake it up? I am. Uh, my flashlight's on. More technical difficulties. <laughs> uh, you know what? I thought about, uh, I was going to mess with Christy a little bit today. Anybody want us to mess? You want me to mess with Christy a little bit? <laughs> so, they love it. Okay, a few people love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to shake it up a little bit, and, and we're going to test Christy's skills on lyric knowledge and songs that have shake it in it, okay? And so uh, Christy did a pretty deep, well, okay job in first hour. We'll see what she does. I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to go ahead and read something, and she is going to fill in the blank. Already, T. Swift in the house. Anybody like T. Swift? Okay, because the play is going to. Play, play, play. And the hater's gonna... Hate, hate, hate. Baby, I just gotta... Shake it off. Oh, you cheaters. <laughs> you cheaters back here. It's because they care for me. Thank you, Heartbreaker's guys. Heartbreaker's gonna... Break, break, break. Faker's gonna... Fake, fake, fake. Baby, I'm gonna... Make, make, make. No, shake it. <laughs> oh, I'm terrible. Okay, how about a little outcast here, a little hey ya, you know what I'm saying? A little classic. Dude, I used to dance dance in the club Uh, to this. My (laughs) Okay. Purity. Uh, (laughs) Let that one hang out there for a second. Maybe I should have read a new creation. Maybe I should have read Rafi instead. Um, 
My baby don't mess around because she loves me so, and this I... No. Shake. <laughs> Shake I it. Know, I know for sure. Shake it like a Polaroid? No, no, no for sure. Oh, that's what the lyrics say. No Is that what you want show. me to say right now? Ugh. Oh, okay. That Find some real words. Blank. Thank you. Uh, how about this? Shake your body, Jackson 5. Oh. Anybody? That's, That's pre, classic. pre Christy. Classic, okay. That wasn't my I don't prime. know what's going to happen to you, baby, but I do know that I love you. You walk around this town with your... Oh, that is dangerous. <laughs> you walk around with your heart. Anybody know? Head, head all up in the sky. Head up all... Let's we hear for Christy today. I don't even today. know this. Okay, thanks, babe. Karaoke next year, Andy will be leading. Thank you for the idea. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be horrible. I'd be worse uh, than what you just experienced. So um, <laughs> for sure, hands down. Uh, and that's not ripping on Christy. That's, I'm, I just, you do not want the castes on your trivia party, your trivia team. And trust me, you don't want us. We're horrible. Yep. Um, Hebrews 10.24, if you have your Bibles open up. Hebrews 10.24, I am going to read a scripture and Christy is going to fill in the blank. And let us consider how we may shake one another up towards love and good deeds, okay? Uh, your version might say spur or stir. Uh, may we, let us, as leaders, let us consider how we can, oh, in and out, baby. Oh, we'll see Oh, <laughs> who went to church back in the day when it was overhead projectors? Let's just say we've come a long ways. You just got to enjoy the moment. Got to enjoy you know? it. It's like a flash show. Okay. Um, anyway. Let us consider how we can stir one another up towards love and good deeds. My hope for this community is that we would stir and that things would be shaken up within us as individuals. And as I mentioned last week to start the series, is I reminded you that it doesn't matter who you are in this room, you are a leader. Doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter how young you are, doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter what you're going to do, you are a leader and God is calling you to be that leader in his kingdom. Can I hear an amen? amen. As we're in this series, second week of Back to the School of Leadership, we are trying to remind you, remind us as well, that leadership is not a solo gig. Leadership is meant to be doing life together in community. When you look at the Bible, which is our goal week after week, is to provide opportunity for you to grow, opportunity for you to learn. And so we want to continue shaking up this community, shaking up maybe how we naturally do things or our just human tendency where we can shake up and say, God, we give you this. We give you maybe this weakness. We give you this relationship. And so our hope is that you grow. Our hope is that maybe you walk out ignited and saying, God, I want to be a leader. I am a leader. And you can see who God's made you to be. Because we believe when we look around this room that there is a lot of leaders in the house, amen, and that God is calling us to be ambitious. God is calling us to chase after that goal. And so you're going to be hearing us talk a lot about two different books besides the Bible, and we have been referencing them, but just a reminder, it's two really, really great resources. If you're looking to read something or audible, it's like four hours of listening to the book. One is Lead, and that's by Paul David Tripp, and that has 12 disciplines and discipleship proponents of what it looks like to be a leader. And the second one is H3 Leadership, and that is by Brad. Thank you, Lominick. Lominick, Brad Lominick. But both are excellent books, resources to just maybe propel you into starting something, finishing something. And so you'll be hearing us reference those in this series. Absolutely. <clears throat> I... Um... I just encourage every single one of you to, to purchase that book and lean in, and book those books and lean in and, and, uh, and, and adapt it to 
your culture, into your context, and into your situation. I, I think you could find a lot of helpful tools, and we'll, we'll quote throughout, but it's just not the same. Uh, today, what I want to do is lean into Luke chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, uh, part of this will be on screen, and how many are thankful that the screen's working today at the moment? <laughs> Shouldn't have said that. I just jinxed it. Uh, but uh, Luke 6.32, what is happening is Jesus is teaching the leadership, kind of, uh, kind of the leadership community. He's teaching a bunch of different people that are leaning in. And, and I think in general, there, there were a lot of people that were, that were following him, but yet there were still people kind of like on the edge of their seat going like, do I, do I stay, do I go? And, uh, and, and so he's, he starts this whole conversation with this this one concept in mind. Love, leaders love your enemies. And if you're a leader in this place, how many know that enemies come by? You know, people who are haters, people who may not like the way that you're doing things or the changes that you're implementing around you. Uh, it's just, it's just, it just happens that leadership is not easy. And because it's not easy, there are opportunities for people to come alongside that, that uh, may not get along with you. And so the context of what Jesus is saying, this is out of love. It's in context of love. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Leaders, love your enemies. And then he goes on, he says this, be merciful just as the father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. We read this in the announcement video that you didn't see their faces in. And it, and it says this, forgive, and, it will be, and, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, and it will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, I want you to see this, and I want to make it so simple to you that it's not just about giving. It's not the giving of your time and not just giving of your finances, but what Jesus is trying to teach the leadership community is the way you handle mercy, the way you handle judgment, the way you handle condemnation, the way you handle forgiveness, and yes, giving will be paid back to you eventually. So however you deal with mercy, mercy will deal with you. So let me just make it simple. Be, be merciful just as the Father is mercy, merciful to you. Uh, because a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured onto your lap. The same thing is with judgment. And guess what? The way that you judge, a good measure will be pressed down and shaken together and running over and, to put, and be put on your lap. Same with condemnation, same with forgiving. I, we need to hear that. So many times we can contextualize and, uh, and what we want to hear and we say, okay, Lord, if we're generous to you and giving to you and to the community around us or giving our tithe or giving our, 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 from our generosity above and beyond, then, oh, yes, we're going to financially be blessed. Yes, that is true. At the same time, there is so many more leadership opportunities than just our generosity. And to be a good leader is to begin to understand that God wants us to, let me just say it, shake out a few things out of our backpack and replace some positive things back in those locations, in those compartments, within our leadership backpack of sorts. Yeah, we believe God's calling us to lead like him, right? God, ultimately, we're constantly looking. I know that I am looking at God and saying, God, let me be more like you. Teach me how to live like you. And so like the books I brought up to read, I think one thing too is for you to be a student. God's calling you to be a student. So even taking notes, because I know for me, I don't retain all the information, right? And so God wants us to be excited. He wants us to anticipate. He wants us to be eager, and the three words that we really want to focus on today is patience, humility, and forgiveness. And in order to lead, God is calling us to walk with those things, to carry out patience, to carry out humility, and to carry out forgiveness. So in order for us to lead on, God wants us to use those things, to shake it up, to maybe evaluate our life and saying, God, where can, what can I give you in order to receive more? So the first one we want to break down is patience. Anyone just the patience, like, hero in the room? Anyone need patience? 
Yes. <laughs> we got some I need patience. People. I am definitely a very, very, very impatient person. Um, it's good. It's great. I love it. But in order to be patient, a patient person, we are called to be kind. A patient person is a kind person. Immediately, I think about my kids. I think about when I am impatient with them, I am not kind. I am, you know, rattling off rules and things and frustrations and saying unkind things. And so God is calling us to breathe, to think about ways and creative ways that we can be patient, where we can use kindness as a tool and not be weapon givers with our words. Right, Andy? He's like, yeah, Christy, start doing that. (laughs) Pranks. Yeah, Chris, yeah, okay. Be patient with me is what you're saying? With my pranks, okay. Uh, uh, Jesus teaches us, says, be merciful just as a father has been merciful. A couple months ago, I talked about that word mercy. And if I was gonna defunct that word mercy and we could place another word that we understand better, the word would be kindness, as Christy has just mentioned. And show me a patient person and I guarantee you, you find a kind person there. If you're not kind, I'm kind of wondering if you struggle with patience. Patience is a tool that God wants to use to refine you. And uh, it is so important to lean in and allow God to do his work through you. I I thought about this. I think when it comes to our patience, let us not mismanage our patience with boredom. Because waiting stinks. Did you hear that? Do not mismanage waiting and patience with boredom. And you know what we do when we're bored? We pick on people. That's what we do. And if it's not you doing it, it's your kids doing it. If they get bored, then that's when they get restless. It's when we start picking. But I've seen this in the church. I've seen this in culture. When you're bored, you start picking people uh, apart. And that's where the merciful, and when it comes to judgment and condemnation, is, is guess what? God is wanting us to leverage patience in his patient work within us to refine us and renew us and make us the leaders that he's called us to be. God wants us to be patient in our leadership by being fully present in the position that he's put you in. So I think so often, like Andy mentioned, with boredom, we can be nitpicky. I know I can get critical. Like I can get very, and I'm even, when I'm bored, I can get really critical of myself. So I start tearing myself down. I start having the doubts. I start replaying conversations, replaying situations, replaying things of the past. And so God is calling us to be fully present, to be moving forward in that. And then if you're waiting, if you're thinking professionally, if you're waiting and you're saying, God, I'm bored, I'm not, you're not, I feel unfulfilled. Okay, but if, as a leader, what is God calling you to just go after it? Maybe it's in this boredom season that you're in, shifting your gear and going, I'm gonna be basically, I'm trying to find the right word. I am going to be present and I'm going to just be eager to go after it without the title, without the position and be going above and beyond and not doing the minimal, not doing what's just asked of you, but really saying, God, stretch me, use me, let me be fully present in the season. Because if I've learned anything through the years, how I am in the present is what's going to happen down the road, what he's going to give me. It's that obedience, it's that immediate obedience. And it's also the humility of shifting my focus to him. Yeah, if we can't appreciate the now, how will we appreciate the then? And patience begins to teach us. Uh, Paul David Tripp says this in the lead book, we are called to wait because waiting is one of God's most regular tools for maturing grace and maturing you as a leader. So may we be a community of people who just buy into this idea of being okay with waiting for what God wants to do in our life. Now let's be ambitious people. Let's not forget that. But at the same time, let's, let's, let's be patient. Let's, inst- let, let's let the Lord instill that within us. The second word is humble. Um, the verse where Jesus is teaching, he says, do not judge or you'll be judged. Do not condemn. And, or you, and if you don't condemn, then you will not be condemned. Uh, what Jesus is teaching, I believe, leaders is this. The reason why we judge and the reason why we condemn people is because we position ourselves higher or lower than people around us. 
And so it is so important to find that fine balance of humility versus pride and insecurity. In the book of Lead, there's a really good quote, and it says, humility is a fruit of the rule of the gospel in your life. The gospel will humble you because it requires you to confess that the greatest dangers in your life live inside you, not outside you. The gospel calls you to run to God for rescue because your greatest problem is you. The gospel tells you that no matter how long you have known the Lord or no matter how successful you have been in his work, you need his grace right now as much as you did the first moment you believed. The gospel doesn't work to make you independent and self-reliant, but willingly dependent on God in the community of grace he has placed around you. Now it's a big statement. But ultimately, what, what he's telling us, what the author is telling us is that we need to go against culture, that we are not to be independent, that the biggest thing that we need to surrender every single day is our independence, and we need to be dependent on him. Because the lie the enemy wants to say is, you got this, you've overcome this. Every time I feel like I've got it or I've overcome, I get slapped in the face or I get hit with a situation and I'm back on my knees because God wants us to position our hearts, our life, our situation, on our knees, humbly saying, I need you. And in light of humility, I um, last week started the, the whole series just admitting to both services, the whole church, that I'm an insecure leader. And uh, I found out later in the afternoon that Christy was cringing when I had said that, both services. And so I got to ask her in front of everybody, why, why were you, what's the problem with me admitting that I'm insecure as a leader from time to time. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Um, so last week, Andy admitted to all of you that he feels insecure often. And for me, when I heard that, and we had this deep conversation that now we're having in front of you, is I ultimately get really protective and defensive of him. And so when he admits and admitted to you that he is insecure at times, I don't want it to be a target on his back of going, well, yeah, he's not good at that. Or us as a church body looking and saying easily, well, he's admitting it, so now we can, eat, we can start spewing it off. And ultimately what I realized is it's that balance. Like I'm really proud of Andy for being honest and open with you about insecurity. We are human and we are committed to being real. And so, but my flesh immediately was just like, I could feel myself getting tight and wanting just to pray over him and protect him. But it's that balance ultimately of us being humble enough to say, this is where I'm weak and humble enough to say, this is where I'm, you know, this is where I excel or this is where I'm good because the human, the humanness in me doesn't want to admit it. I am an Enneagram three. And so I am naturally one. I'm going to fake it till I make it. And if I've learned anything over the past couple of seasons that we've been in is that it's that I have realized that I have walked into this space with past hurt, past pain of maybe when I've been vulnerable or I've been honest or I've admitted my like shortcomings, it's almost been twisted against me or I be, it became a target or an opportunity for people to point. And so for me, it's been a healing even week of just processing that, of wanting more of what Andy's doing and just being honest with you and honest with God of this is where I need help. This is where I'm giving you permission to come in. Yeah, you said fake it to make it. And I had sat down with someone who just started attending the church and had some coffee and he was commending me for my honesty when it comes to insecurity. And then he had mentioned that term fake it to make it and how in his industry he was taught when he started to say with that concept, taught with that that kind of cultural statement, fake it to make it. But I can just tell you that I was just like, yeah, I've heard that and I've been told that at the same time, how many would agree that we can all sniff the fakers? Yeah. And, and you know what my whole approach is it, it, to, to say, hey, I'm an insecure leader is I just want to be honest. I just want to just admit my humanity 
And I think that, that, that's what I want to see within this leadership community of Echo is this, is I want this space to just be full of people who are just honest and real. And, and when we are confident, go ahead and be that confident person. But when you're insecure on some aspects, guess what? That's when we lean into the community saying, guess what? This is not just about me. This is about we. What I can't do, maybe one of you can do better. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about leadership isn't this. And this, I think a lot of times we think of this. Leadership isn't looking at a situation thinking I can do better. You should be saying leadership is this. I can do it differently. But so many times when we step into leadership because of insecurities, we, we think and we might even, and we might not say it, but we're, we're thinking it. I can do better. Well, maybe we need to change our mind and, and step into a place of humility and say, no, actually, maybe I can't do better, but I could do differently yeah. in this circumstance. And I think to be a healthy community, we need to have healthy, honest conversations, right? And so in H3 leadership, it says, where leaders fall are often communities in which humble confession is not only not encouraged, it is silenced by a whole range of unspoken fears. So providing a culture and a space, and it can be in your table community, it can be in your home, it can be with your friends, it can be with your colleagues, of just allowing people to confess, allowing people to be honest, to be open, to be vulnerable, because healthy confession positions us to be humble. And I'm not saying we need to go around and tell every single person our stuff, but it's just providing space where we can be humble, and we can let people speak into it. Humble, being humble is us being, being committed to prepare and confident enough to perform. And so when we're humble enough, we are always preparing. And if I've learned anything through the years, instead of fake it to make it, I'm trying to always, okay, I'm gonna be humble enough to like block out time, to communicate, to commit, to step out, and then not only do that, but to finish it to perform, and it's not saying perform by being fake, but to do the task that God has called you to do, to set out on that assignment. Any starters in the room? I'm a starter, but God's calling us to finish. God's calling us to go back to maybe dreams, or maybe it's finishing a degree, or maybe it's finishing the three books on your nightstand that you've started and you haven't finished. Anyone? That's me too. Or it maybe it's Healthy taking- Healthy confession. Yes. Maybe it's just, it's even just saying, God, I want to finish this. If I finish this, then you're just, you're going against that grain. And so humble enough to prepare and then confident enough to perform it out. And last word we want to dial in is this, is we need to live within forgiveness. And as a, as a leader and having opportunities to lead uh, for a few years, <laughs> You know, like, you know, I don't like to admit my age, but we've been, we've been doing leading in, in so many different ways up to this point. What I've learned through time is this. If you lead, it's a guaranteed one day you will hurt. If you lead, it's a guarantee that you will hurt. It's just, it's just how it is. Is signing up to be that leader or stepping up to be the leader that God's called you to be, guess what? It's just going to take forgiveness. Jesus says, forgiven, you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given back to you. And, and so when, when I look at that word forgiveness and, and I looked it up, it, it means to be set free or to let go. And some of us leaders in this room, we need to learn to let go so then you can find the freedom that you've been looking for. You need, to look, you, know, you need to let go of some of the past grievances, the last, uh, the last disappointments, some of the, uh, some of the things uh, uh, that you've hoped to achieve and you haven't. There are, some, there are certain things that we just have to understand that it's just going to take forgiveness and it's going to take God's overarching work of forgiveness to create us to be the better leader that he wants us to be. Yeah, if you sign up for leadership, you're ultimately signing up for hurt and you're signing up for pain. And we're not trying to be Debbie Downers, but I think it's a maturity factor that I've learned over the years is almost trying to prepare for the hurt, to prepare for the hard conversations, to prepare for disappointment, to prepare for obstacles, to prepare for hard conversations. Leadership, sometimes it feels like a walk in the park. Very, very small days for me. Other times it can be, it feels like you're going up the mountain or you're walking amongst graves. But God is calling us to prepare to forgive. See, as leaders, we need to pre-forgive. 
if I, being married to Andy for 17 mm-hmm. years, I believe. I'm pre-forgiving. Pre-forgiving. That's when we, 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 yeah, we've been together a long time. But I have to prepare to forgive him even before going into a hard conversation. That's the ultimate goal. I'm walking in. I'm going to air it out. I'm going to let the things, out. we've had hard conversations this week. But we are going, but I'm preparing to forgive him. That's, I don't want to keep carrying this around. I don't want all this hurt and pain in my backpack. And so we need to prepare in order to forgive. So maybe it's writing it down. Maybe it's writing a letter. Maybe it's having a hard conversation. Maybe it's letting go. Sometimes it's between me and God. I don't even have to have the conversation with the person. I'm letting it go. But as leaders, we are called to serve. We are called to let go. We are called to let those feelings not win what God's calling us to. And that's freedom. That's healing. And that is forgiveness. I don't want you to miss that. I think probably the easiest and the best takeaway from today's message, what we need to put into our backpacks today is that tool of pre-forgiveness. If Jesus has forgiven you, you can forgive others. And I'm not saying that's easy. I'm not saying that that's instantaneously. But if we as leaders step into the opportunities we have and with this mentality and this tool in our backpack, metaphorically speaking, that we're going to pre-forgive, that we're going to be people of mercy, that we're, going to, we're, going to, we're not going to hold and sit on this judgment seat. We refuse to condemn those around us. Then guess what? Forgiveness will come natural. It'll become easier. And, 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 and man, I, I just think that pre-forgiving, forgiveness, pre-forgiveness is just so, so important. Just to kind of button up today, I, I, I looked through the scripture for all these shake it up scriptures and I, I landed in this story at the end of, uh, or at the beginning of Judges, or about midway, Judges 9. And the story follows an infamous story that you've heard about in the church, if you grew up in the church, of a, a man named Gideon. He was a unique leader. In fact, he was a very insecure leader. And from time to time in my story, I feel like I'm more like Gideon than I'm less like him. And, and uh, he just needed God. And, I, and I'm the person that needs God. And, and uh, anyway, so Gideon passes away. Well, he ends, up having, he ends up having 70 kids. And one 70, come on, someone needs to pray for Gideon. Uh, no wonder why he was insecure. <laughs> that makes sense. Don't tell me. Um, when he passes, there's one ambitious, really unhealthy person that chooses to lead, and he ends up killing all of his family. But there's this one young man that hides named Jotham. Just think about how he's wronged. Think about how he could have responded. Think about how he could have led in that moment. And, and instead of finding um, the way and the means to get back to his brother, half-brother, he decided to be a certain type of leader that didn't go in and just fix it. But I think he sat there and said, you know what, I'm going to let God do it. And he stood up on this mountain and, and, and where the shake it reference comes is he goes, am I to be this fig tree that would shake or sway over other trees in authority? Am I to be this grapevine that positions myself over other people that I might shake or sway over other people? And he says, no. You know what he says? I'm going to let God do it. I'm going to leave it up to God. And, and I just think so many of us, we've come in here with hurts and pains. And, and, and honestly, we just need God to come into this space and, and, and evaluate what's in our backpack of life and just turn it upside down and let God do an emptying us, of us so then he can refill us again. Yeah, our youngest daughter, Zion, or Zakai. oh my word, this is parenting. <laughs> our youngest daughter, Keza. 
I know my kids, okay? She's five years old, she's kindergarten. She is in the collector season of life. So she's collecting chalk, she's collecting sticks, she's collecting rocks, she's collecting lots of paper. And she fills her backpack and we, and she, they're in her pockets, they're in her backpack, they're all the things. So we'll like shake out the bags and it's, she's been carrying, I caught her in the um, lobby today with shark teeth from a trip in a container and they fell in the lobby. She collects everything. And so she fills these backpacks. And last hour, as we were praying, I had this vision. And just being in back to school mode with our three girls, coming home with their backpacks every single day, me as a parent trying to provide rhythm and routine of having them empty their backpack, put the ice pack in the freezer, put the lunchbox in the cupboard, give me your pieces of paper. You know, So sometimes as students, as followers of God, we are coming and we are emptying our bag. We are cleaning it out. But other times, and what I see so often with my girls, is they still need mom and dad to do it. And so I have slacked as a parent. There has been seasons where I find stale string cheese and disgusting spoons and kids yogurt. Kids the first day of school. And like kids that. missing the first day of school and random paperwork that I didn't catch. And I am seeing all these things. And what is, blows me away is that they've been carrying this around for so long and I didn't catch it. And so, yes, sometimes we're here and maybe you can even name the things you need to take out of your bag. Or other times, God the Father wants to come and he wants to take your bag and that's what he's here to do today and shake it and get all that out. Because what's crazy is we're just finished our second week of school. First four days, my kindergartner was complaining like crazy on how heavy her backpack was. And girlfriend has a water bottle and a lunchbox in it. That's it, heavy. I have not heard her this week complain about it because she's used to it now. She's used to the weight. She's carrying, yeah, she getting stronger, but we get used to carrying the weight. We get used to carrying the pain, the hurt, the heartache, the discomfort, the brokenness, and we're so used to it. It's a part of us, and God wants to shake your backpack. He wants to take things out. And I don't know if that's for anyone in this room, but allow him to shake it and to give you an empty backpack so he can fill it with new things, with new dreams, with new provisions, with a fresh start. This is your school year to follow him. We have never retired or gotten past a grade and saying, okay, I did all those things. I don't need to be dependent on you. This year, we truly believe with all of my heart, we are to be students and followers of him again. I go church, will you stand up as we pray this simple prayer that we pray every week and today the angel and just a little reminder that I want to say this prayer is all about humbling ourselves into a God that loves you and that has forgiven you and that is patient with you and that God is a God that wants to lead you every step of the way let's pray this prayer Jesus I surrender I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived and you died and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Lord, empty our bags. Make room, Lord. Make room. Sing it out. I will make room for you.
You know, I don't know about you guys, but I try to take an idea every single service, like one little idea. And sometimes there's like 20, and I just can't process 20 or even five, but one idea I can take out of a message. And there's an idea today that just honestly blew my mind. And I've probably heard thousands of sermons, and I've read hundreds of leadership books, and I've had a ton of, I'm just a ton of things out there. If you are a child, your parents are going to let you down. If you are a parent, your kids are going to break your heart. If you're a spouse, your, your spouse is going to break your heart. If you're a sibling, if you're a friend, the relationships are going to be hard at times. Like Everybody's going to fail you. The church is going to fail you. Our lead pastors, as amazing as they are, are going to fail you at some point. But what if we had a heart already of forgiveness? What if our hearts were just prepared to forgive right before, before the offense even happens, if we were just mentally and spiritually preparing to be people of forgiveness? Like that is such a, I just, I'm still trying to process it. I'm still trying to think it through, but I just thought the wisdom of how that was communicated from Pastor Christie and as a part of this message, I just, I think that's, I think that's got like, like kingdom advancing potential. Like, it's a big deal. So I just, I hope you guys took that out. Maybe you got some other ideas. I'm sure they were all really good. But man, that is really, really sticking with me. Now, um, I don't know if you guys knew this, but I'm finishing up like a nine-month study of the Old Testament. And one of the things that happens a ton in the Old Testament, like there's some crazy stuff. There's some weird stuff. But there's also tons of parties. Like they celebrate in the Old Testament and in the New Testament in awesome ways. And so one of the things we like to do at this church is celebrate. So let's celebrate those that are here for the very first time today. Come on. And we want to celebrate everybody in the room that said that prayer with us for the first time or the first time in a long time. Come on. 